Hello and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. Uh, if you uh, do interact with us, you can send questions and comments to uh, the Facebook event page. So hello on Facebook and in YouTube. So as always, the chats are always fun and exciting. Sorry, we can't get to all questions, but remember some of your questions may even end up on the show. And if you can't catch us live, catch the replay or listen to us in your favorite podcasting app. You know me, my name is John Rewark and I am a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Speaking of Virginia, we've got Joe Martinez. How's it going? Hello. 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 Joe Martinez. Uh, past master, Manassa Lodge, 182, member of lots of other things, and uh, the uh, Masonic Bulldogs trying to get in. So, shortly. but yeah, great to be here and uh, excited for tonight. Sweet. And last but not least, for now, Robert Johnson. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. I'm uh, just hanging out with cool with my friends on the internets. Awesome. Because uh, we're coming awful close to 10 years, which is amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. A decade, right? The question is, will we still be doing this when <laughs> we have like the ZZ Top beards? Yeah, right. Well, we got we have at least an end date in mind. <laughs> Sometime in the late 2030s, early 2040s. I, I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong, guys. Pro prove me wrong. All right. While we're here, let's give a special shout out to the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome and rock my socks. Patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable to join our secret chats, our secret little Facebook groups. Um, get the bonus stuff, which is that not everyone gets to see. So that's fun. And, uh, you know, get again, get access to Robert 24 7. You could have, you, it's scary. <laughs> it's not yeah. far off yeah i just i'll just hop hop in the patreon app and uh, give you an update like you know taco bell t-minus nine minutes <laughs> or you're gonna you're gonna be sorry you get, the, you get the live tweets yeah 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 awesome yep yep okay well let's move on uh, yeah. to clear my desk a little bit now we get a chance to go to our favorite section of the show and that is the tarot card of the week tarot card of the week that was a, a Joe special right there I'm gonna start hating tarot <laughs> are you kidding me Kill it! Uh, I pulled a Jason there. Okay, let's uh, let's go into this. The deck I'm using is a Kabbalistic Tarot, and do my random shuffle you know, here. One of your favorite decks. It is. It's got a lot of a lot of symbology to build in. So tonight, for the concept of tracing boards in the digital age, we're dealing with boom, the High Priestess. So yeah, tell me all about the High Priestess then, Joe. Um, well, yeah, it's my jam, um, but uh, it's my favorite card because uh, when we made those tarot decks for 
Esotericon, my daughter, was the high priestess. And uh, Ooh, RJ I made forgot that. that. And I don't... They're all upstairs, the decks. Um, but yeah, that is uh, phenomenal. But yeah, love the card. Um, it is the... Uh, for me, it's the gateway to the mysteries, right? It's intuition and, and knowing things on the inside and that, that secret and sacred knowledge. And it is just screaming with the divine feminine all over the place. Um, talks about your subconscious. It's, it's just the card for the Mason. So it really is, uh, what usually has, uh, some pillars behind her in, in other iconographies, the moon, the, the subconscious, all the, uh, all the mysteries that, that one likes to, Oh, there it is! Yeah, we found it. Shout out <laughs> to little baby Martinez. Yeah, that's an awesome card. You're muted, RJ. You're on mute there, Spunky. Jesus, it's like I'm a some noob. You're an I amateur. I have to. I, I'm just like I, I haven't looked at these cards since <laughs> it's been a minute, and You're I'm ready? just like, man, we did it. These came out so cool. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Anyway. Oh, so you know what you need to do, RJ? <clears throat> because th those are those were an Esotericon exclusive. Yeah. And I'm sure you have a few remaining, a few unopened packs remaining. I have three. Three other than mine. Ooh. So. Yeah, when you think about uh, how we can... Uh, move those to some new people yeah all right yeah let's, let's let's talk offline that'd be fun that'd be a nice little bonus thing because you put a lot of hard work into that so that was fun indeed good stuff good stuff all right enough of tarot card of the week let's mm -hmm. talk about the mysteries then today's topic is tracing boards in the digital age uh so we've over almost a decade of tmr we have covered a variety of uh, not innovations, but improvements in masonry as they uh, things become more online, more um, visual, and how you know how do we move beyond the way they did it 300 years ago, where they literally were drawing shapes and symbols in the dirt on the tavern floor, That's and right. then then wiping it up with a mop when they're done, uh, to you know at least to the the mid 90s where you actually have tools like powerpoint you can actually show images <laughs> so people can actually understand the symbol more than just stick figures on the floor yeah. can we stop and thank powerpoint for 30 years of the same damn slides you see in masonry you know <laughs> it's the same ones the same font the same background the same color it's just <laughs> identical right whoever made them in 1997 they're still there. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, some of those, what you find is, I don't know. So I used to work um, in a previous life, you know, did a lot of photography and things. And, and, and to offset my costs, worked at a photo lab. And one of the things that I would often do would be to, like, scan positives. Um, and a lot of times those positives were, um, you would, people would say, hey, I have this picture or this piece of artwork. And I really want to make a negative of it. And so you would think, man, is there like some kind of crazy way to do that? And really there isn't. You basically put up in a professional way, uh, you throw a picture on a black background, and then you take a picture of the picture and that becomes the negative. 
Now with, uh, you know, something else like a, um, like a piece of artwork, the, the same can be done. And so, so many of the slides are like those original slides that, you know, the ma- like the magic lanterns. Yeah. Right? You're talking about yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the magic. Yeah. yeah. But then everybody in every jurisdiction on earth has that one slide of like the dude doing something and it's like cockeyed in every single one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, fix it. And, and yeah. so what's fascinating about that though, is that these, these pieces of art have been around forever. And I would say like, aside from tracing them back to perhaps a company, um maybe not much is known about those original artists but here's the kicker is that there's so many amazing artists out today and like dude i'm you know hey ryan flynn make a set of degree slides and so yeah so no no joke i uh, was thinking too that you have not seen like when you see like these carpets, these rolled up carpets that have like all the symbols of each degree on one big rolled up carpet. I talked to Juan years ago and said, Juan, these things are way overdue for a nice, like refreshed, you know, uh, updating. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, like your artwork style would be great. And you could like lay it out the way you want it, you know, add some, some more symbology behind that. And, and that you would be the guy cause no one else is selling these carpets of symbols that have been updated in the past hundred years. Right. Yeah. So like nobody's selling it. So like, if you were the only one on the market, you know what I mean? Like Good. you could Good capture the enough. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So let me ask you guys, when you guys went through the degrees, the tracing boards that you guys got, well, first of all, well, I think maybe we're jumping the gun. Let's, well, what board? is the tracing board, RJ? That's the first question. Yeah, RJ yeah, geez, Come on, uh, gun so jumper. Far, so, okay, yeah. So our uh, our show artwork for this week, if you guys check that out. Oh, um, it was basically um, imagine charts. Um, let me just open one up here. Imagine a chart um, that had all of your Masonic symbols on it. And they had them in such a way that they were kind of laid out in a landscape and that landscape, you could memorize a lecture and potentially just point to the different elements on the chart. And those, those uh, images would help it so that you, you didn't actually forget. Uh, You wouldn't forget to mention something. So for instance, um, Let's do, we'll share screen and I'll share uh, this. So this is uh, direct from the Scottish Rite Northern Jurisdictions website. Great. It's, yep. it's, it's all about um, Masonic tracing boards and trestle boards and the history and significance. So here there's uh, some, some variations of an entered apprentice, a fellow craft and a master mason tracing board. And you might think that, you know, they, they go from quite complex to maybe quite simple. But, I mean, there is a, an immense amount of symbology contained within that third degree one. And, you know, styles and different artists have done some 
uh, really amazing things. Um, back in 2019, I was at South Pasadena MasonicCon, and uh, Brother Angel Millar did a presentation in which he had shown uh, some very unique tracing boards that came out. But here's a here's a close up of one that's very common that you would see, and sometimes you know you see these uh, very common with with a lot of fraternal uh, orders, not just Masonry. You might see Order of the Odd Fellows, or um, some sort of like chivalric order that was popular, you know, sometime after the Civil War. But in this case, now imagine you've got a lecture that you have to give by memory. Um, and now you've got visual aids to help you move right. through the lecture and mm -hmm. to give the candidates something to focus on other than just words. And this is really kind of interesting because you're, you're looking at what essentially uh, is tying back to the world's oldest language, which is symbols. Mm -hmm. And you're teaching them in a two-pronged way, which is visual and audible. So the only thing you're perhaps missing in this instance is kinesthetic or holding something in your hands. Right. But there are lodges out there that build a lot of these elements and hand them to their candidates as they're mm -hmm. being explained to them. And the way that these uh, tracing boards are gone through during a degree, when I say gone through, I mean are being described, uh, you know, vary from degree to degree. And these tracing boards vary from degree to degree. And sometimes you don't actually have something like this that rolls out. This is like something, you know, they, they hang on the wall. looks like a giant scroll. It's probably like 20 by 30, maybe bigger. And um, maybe your smaller lodges have, you know, smaller prints of this, you know, but you, you can find these in almost every lodge in America. Yeah. Um, and then you've got kind of what happens, I think, in, uh, you know, my my time in, in masonry. I, I didn't have, we didn't have tracing boards at my lodge. Uh, yeah, we, we had the, uh, yeah, we had the, because I was raised in Maryland. Um, we had the, the ones that um, Chad Kapensky likes to talk about all the time. What, who, made, who made those? Those are the, um, sure. Yeah. Uh Shearer's carpets. Yes. That's it. Shearer's That's what we had little uh they look like um, you know, those old fashioned window blinds that you know, those window curtains that come up and down and um they're on that that roller. But uh that's what we had, but they were always they were there on the wall, like they weren't used as um a piece of the lecture or part of the ritual, that kind of thing. Gotcha. They just sat there for people to look at. Yeah. And then we had none of that in during my degrees in uh in virginia i mean it's just you know lodge preference uh, but we did do the powerpoints at the end of the lectures right so they were put cool. together yeah so that that actually I mean i remember i still remember that today um because it was something visual i could you know i could see I, it as well as hear hear the description i remember getting called like right to the foot of the dais in front of the worshipful master they turned me left and the dude stood next to me and then the lights went down and I heard this click and it was like and I was like what is that and I learned I, and then yeah of course it was a giant produce you know like a an old Kodak clicker projector like with actual <laughs> slides and that's what they used wow. and we used that dang thing 
<laughs> and I remember having to go on eBay to find a light bulb for it when ours burned out. I bet. Out. I bet. And uh, then we moved to a... Uh, a pl- uh, okay, y'all know... Everybody like loves LCD TVs. They hang on the wall. And then do you guys remember when you wanted to get a plasma instead and then you decided you were going to hang it on the wall and then you were like, maybe I don't want to hang it on the wall because it weighs 3,000 pounds? Yeah, so we got this. We had this uh, thin plasma that we had to mount on the wall that we had to anchor into concrete. Um, and at that point you would think oh man that's pretty cool like it had all these hdmi inputs and stuff you could do anything cool but what we ended up doing was somebody put those slides on a dvd and then they had to like press play and then pause it on like 480p resolution i was just like amazing you know we can just i you know at the time i'm like why don't we just hook up an Apple TV to this thing? And then I can just, you know, or, 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 uh, um, the sling, what's the Google thing that we used to plug in? Like the Chromecast or Chromecast. Yeah. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. plug the Chromecast in and just with a flick of the finger slides are on the screen and you could just swipe through them as you wanted, you know, as you were going through these, these images. But for me, yeah, we had slides and each one of those symbols, instead of being on a giant poster carpet or a po- or whatever, it was just one at a time. And it was fun. I mean, it was fine. But yeah, well, hitting on two, just two modes of learning there. Well, to your, to your point, I mean, go back all the way to before they started having artists do stuff. And I think your article talks about it. And, and you know, people that, that talk about tracing boards, they always, where's that name come from? That comes from, you know, when we first met in lodges as speculative masons, we met in taverns and we met in the, you know, the upstairs rooms of things. And we would draw the symbols on the floor and trace them out and you know whatever degree that was or whatever meeting that was or or communication that was you would draw those individual symbols and then at the end you would wipe them away and wash them away so and you'd have to do that every single month so somebody got the bright idea um thank you thank you gutenberg and everybody that came after to actually make one and print it out so what i find fascinating about this which is why i wanted to talk about this uh this week is that um unlike you know certain parts of our rituals which you know you can't do digitally or virtually or you know you suddenly think you got to do in person and we're definitely advocates of keeping that that way what i find fascinating is that you couldn't you we all had different experiences just just those three anecdotes right there we all had three different masonic experiences of the visuals that went along with the ritual so you know we we don't have a standardized way thankfully of of how best to um move beyond the words of the ritual right um we have ritual schools in just about every jurisdiction that want to make sure that the degrees are you know word perfect as or as close as possible then you might also have in your committee of work you may have um ways to actually do the floor work and everyone argues over that because that's less standardized even within your own jurisdiction um depending on what old person you have in the room that <laughs> yeah exactly nope i remember it differently well thanks grandpa and then but so then you might have some sort of standard for how 
things are supposed to move around during the degrees. But then beyond that, there's a lot of freedom to experiment, innovate, try things uh, to encourage um, bringing the words to life. And so we've, we've talked about, you know, all the way from the original, the OG innovation, which was the magic lantern, right? I, do we have a picture of that? I think it would be awesome if we could find a picture of like the, those magic lanterns. Um, they were uh, PowerPoint, like on glass slides um, in front of a really, really hot uh, light, I got uh, light source. And I mean, that, that, that had to be like game changing back then probably we're talking about mid 1800s late 1800s maybe um yeah, here we go you ready oh imagine yeah uh, and <clears throat> so up until that point right it was either drawn on the floor maybe printed uh, on a carpet and if your lodge was lucky enough to have the funds to buy one of these things hanging on the wall great but now you move up and you get technology in your lodge hot and you get hot technology yes. oh, sorry. stop it's mine it's yours well now it's candle driven yeah that was a candle driven one mm -hmm. so these are like glass slides through optics right that, yep. Sh yep. that project an image on the wall yeah i've got um i man it's a surprise like it makes sure you didn't fall apart right then and there well, you know, what's so funny about that actually is when you, th the, those became even more prevalent. Um, and, and as, as electricity became a thing, people started actually like soldering in light bulb apparatuses where the candle used to be. Yep. I got one of those. And then, you know, you'd get one of those old cloth wrapped, AC cords, <laughs> yes, and uh, with the frayed edges on the. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know it's it, and those things got so oh, GD hot. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Cover. That is a lodge burning down, just waiting to happen. Right I'm gonna grab uh, some photos, and when we're, I can have them here, I'll I'll interrupt and I'll show you guys. We're up on our uh, insurance policy, right? But honestly, those things are dangerous, man. But they kept being innovated upon and kept getting better and better, though. Like um, one that Spencer and, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Hammond and I were messing around with that we have up at uh, our lodge that we had considered maybe sort of modernizing it, making it safe to use and using it. Um, it actually has this really interesting load device too that is this is john's gonna just go nuts it has a loading device for the glass slides so that there's less time in between the transition so it's like uh elimination of waste uh, yeah transport movement exactly yeah so <laughs> super it's super wild and um, one of the, actually one of uh, the uh, codes for the Illinois Grand Lodge is that we're forbidden from using a stereo opticon. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that one of those uh, those old timey things where you had like the little box and you held it up and looked at the yeah. pictures in three D? Which is kind of weird to me because it's like no three D. That's first three D. Yeah. 
that we, means we only we only work in two dimensions in this lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> multiple worlds surround us but we're not allowed to see them <laughs> on those like view math uh, the what were they the view old school view masters view masters yeah. yes yeah i think i got one here shablam oh there we go that was virtual reality banned oh, baby yes banned All right, so so again, we're already innovating by this point in history, and it kind of stays the same. You might you might get them transferred to uh, some print slides, right? But again, I think probably once you got the turn of the century, people realized they could bring PowerPoint into Lodge, <clears throat> digitize some of those, and so I've seen some really good examples where people spent a lot of care and feeding to transfer high quality copies of those you know now antique slides right because yep. i mean if once they're broken they're they're not getting replaced right yeah there's so. actually there's a large market for them not only and not so much even when you would think like antique stores or whatever it's masons like alex powers uh it's masons like you know you know these these guys who love the history and they go out and they want to salvage these things but ultimately you get these kind of dudes that are super into the idea of using them again and i kind of oh. dig that oh you mean hipsters that's right masonic hipsters Ew. <laughs> everything about that sentence sounded awful i'm just i'm just picturing some masonic hipster like working at his like day trading company and bringing a magic lantern in to like project his PowerPoint. Getting getting off work at two in the afternoon <laughs> from a magic lantern, guys. Amazing. Right. So then the question becomes: like, we're now starting to get into more of that that online masonry thing. So people are on the message boards. Like we've talked about all this. I know it's scary stuff. Scary stuff. Uh, Here's some degrees. There you go. Bulletin boards, Usenet, right? People are sharing texts and and stuff. That you know, the World Wide Web is here. People are starting to put uh, things about masonry online, both true and false. You get uh, some innovations like uh, Castle Island Virtual Lodge, right? Which we've had a couple episodes. Great, great, great lodge. Yep. Do you remember which platform Castle Island Virtual Lodge used as their first second online? life? That's correct. Mm. They used a, a now shut down platform called Second Life, where you could literally fly into Lodge in a 3D world. So, yeah, yeah, I, I missed I missed that opportunity, but it sounded like it was uh, it was something else. <laughs> right, but um. But they, they tried something, and again, they, they preserved the secrets of Freemasonry, and, you know, obviously didn't confer degrees, you know, kept, kept the secrets, but the administrative and the, uh, the things that we can talk about, you know, the things that, like, we're talking about here, those things can be um, presented in lots of formats, right? So now you fast forward a little bit more, Castle Island is now upgrading their platform to do things that like WebEx, right? So they upgrade to WebEx um, 
to actually meet like we're doing now. This is, again, pre-COVID, pre-Zoom, pre-all this stuff, right? The Internet's just getting fast enough that it's stable to have a conversation without everyone freezing up and dropping off. And they they even continue to iterate post-COVID on different platforms, right, for price and for the, the Masonic experience. Well, and they're spreading too, right? They started Australia as a result of what they saw in Correct. Canada, they started their own virtual lodge. That's uh, Endeavor Endeavor Lodge, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And then based off of that experience, right, then we saw a ton of stuff pop up during COVID to fill that gap of Masonic, um, the Masonic Brotherhood and education, things like Refracted Light and uh, Superiore and a couple others, you know, platforms forums whatever you want to call it where brothers could just sit and talk and have a good time and meet people from around the world so this this quote-unquote fourth wall is getting broken with what we understand masonry is and what fascinating was, like i want to say it was a couple of years ago one of the scottish Rite valleys did like this super huge overhaul of their stage where they did a sort of virtual or a VR laser projected stage thing. I know that there was uh, a valley way up north, I believe, that actually just replaced their entire back wall with nothing but LEDs. So Ooh. they could literally project any any backdrop they wanted. And so when you have you know, 32 degrees, you can, yeah, maybe with multiple scenes, you could have a lot of variety there. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that that in itself um, is a huge visual upgrade from these uh, these backdrops that used to be. Now, granted, tons of research papers and beautiful hand painted backdrops still exist today. Um, if you get a chance to go to a Scottish Rite Valley that still has or the original hundred plus year old hand painted backdrops like you got to see them. They're just they're just fantastic. They're there. They are truly pieces of, of art that are, you know, sadly getting lost to time. So here we are, right? We're now 2024. And we want to make sure that we continue to preserve the secrets of Freemasonry, but enhance the candidate experience. Meta. What? That's No, I'm not, I'm not talking about going meta. I'm talking about... I know what you're saying. You're talking like Meta Quest as the that's right virtual reality platform. Yeah, uh, especially now. I think what's really interesting is you have an like I think of it as nothing more than an enhanced version of a tracing board. Like I honestly don't think there's anything broken about the tradition or anything. I think what's really awesome is, uh, this ability to get immersive. And, uh, why I think that's important is whereas before you had mouth to ear and no visuals, then you had drawings in the dirt. Okay. Then we had, uh, carpets and uh, posters and symbolry that way. And then we got slides and, you know, we've, we've gone through this gamut here and now we're at a place where, for instance, uh, 
you can get a meta quest two. I think they start at like 150 bucks now and they've got a decent, they have an okay, like pass through type thing. Uh Uh, And for those of you guys who don't know, consider that almost like what we would call augmented reality, uh, which is where uh, things that are digital in nature are projected into the room you're in. Right. So if you guys have ever hopped on your phone and, and gone on a furniture store or even on Amazon, there's a chair or something you like, you can say, you can click a button and it'll say, see it in your room. And you can just like look at your phone and it will scan kind of the backdrop and show you what that chair would look like in your room. And you could walk around and the, and the chair like changes perspective and everything, just like if it were really there. Mm-hmm. And so what I find fascinating is, especially like with uh, like MetaQuest 3, which is probably the most affordable, best option out there, I think, right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you go PlayStation, but that's exclusive to PS. Not something Google, John. Yeah, well, Google, they Google gets in and out real fast with stuff. Yeah, like they test the waters and then they just like bye. Um, but but the the MetaQuest three has wonderful uh, pass through now in full color. So now you could imagine, like, yeah, it's really cool. You could bring the pillars out, right? The candidate maybe has to walk through some pillars or something and then when he goes through what if what if the guy who's in control of the meta quest or something like as he walks through it uh it triggers something else and he gets to see stairs winding stairs that's literally what we were talking about in the green room and i was trying to find the uh example i'm so sorry i interrupted you that is no not awesome it's 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 super exciting and i'll be honest with you like to me that's exciting i would love to go back through (laughs) yeah so we were i was trying to find the right example and i don't think i gave john the right one but in the green room we were talking about that and i remember when i first got the um when i first got my uh metaquest vr headset there was a bunch of free bunch of free, uh, you know, free games that you could play, you know? And so we would test them out before we spent money. And my kids obviously wanted me to buy all the things. Right. So, but we didn't, but there was one, it was a virtual reality tour of the, we're not, they're not a sponsor. Okay. Pause the video. Um, sorry to distract you, Jeff. any money from them. Um, unless they want to, but, uh, no, there was one, it was a, uh, VR, a uh, walkthrough of the it was either the inside of the Great Pyramid of Giza or the Valley of the Kings, and it would walk you through. And you you'd get there, and you were in like you know twenty twenty whenever you know during lockdown. But as soon as you walked in through the gate, it would start to transform into three thousand years ago. And so instead of looking all you know dusty and faded and stuff, it looked all gold and glittery, and you could walk look around and everything and touch stuff. And I was like, oh. What if you're going to, like you said, going through the door of Solomon's temple and you get to see all the the grandeur inside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then coming out in just a, a few weeks, right? You've got the Apple Vision Pro, which is spec-wise like another generation ahead of MetaQuest 3. It's, it's really awesome. And like, imagine, yeah, like yeah. this is where... 
this is like the next level. Imagine, you know, sticking your hand out and opening a virtual door. That's what this kind of thing does, right? Spatial computing. And that's really awesome. It's super cool. You know, I think my, my issue with this, we're not going to be able to talk about this without talking about the pros and the cons of this technology. But, sure. You know, I, I love this thing. I, I would I would buy this in a heartbeat, except for the price point is is pretty it's high. A little, it's a little high. It's prohibited. Yeah, I mean, I got kids to send to college. I mean, well, yeah. And well, you buy one per lodge. Okay, then we could do that. Well, you couldn't because <laughs> it's not universal. Just like, raise dues. You ha- every every if you wear glasses. Ah, when that's you good buy point. when you buy the Apple one. Okay, your glasses, you have to tell it your, your prescription. No and they way. worked out a thing, I think, with Carl Zeiss mm. um, to provide specialized lenses for you. Um, but, the, but the issue is that, like, that way you don't have to wear glasses underneath it. MetaQuest provides a buffer thing so that, you know, it's got a spacer for your glasses. Right. Which, that's great for guys like me. Um, because guess what? I don't know if I have the extra 300 bucks to put into the, the glasses for Apple. And you wouldn't have that for candidates either. Like if your candidates wear glasses, they're, they're out of luck. Just put their prescription on the, on the uh, application <laughs> the, the form. The and an extra 300 bucks. <laughs> what's, your, what's your dictus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this technology is so exciting. I just feel like, especially for those of us who... You know, we think about like, oh, how cool would it have been to have gone through something back then? Hmm. You know, imagine, imagine a brother who is wonderful with like this kind of stuff. And imagine they shot a 3D movie that allowed you to sit in lodge with, I don't know, like masonic history buffs love you know like truman or whatever like could you imagine just like sitting in a lodge with truman or Mm -hmm. maybe you maybe you witness an allegory of one of the degrees in the scottish Mm -hmm. rite as almost like assassin's creed you just walk around and watch the whole thing from all the different angles and like you're you know free to walk yeah. yeah, sitting in lodge with Harry Truman doesn't sound fun because it'd just be you and a bunch of dudes with Harry Truman, and everybody's nodding off. Because <laughs> the minute he said something about dropping an A bomb, yeah. <laughs> or, or I got it right. You've got like the antique lodge experience, right? You're like nail back into like the mid 1700s, right? But these all on like you're you're above a tavern right you hear the all the chaos going on downstairs and then you actually get your lecture given to you by them drawing on the floor of the virtual tavern <laughs> we go yeah, full circle and, baby and, and you walk a little too close to the to the <laughs> thing the guy like put on the ground and he just starts like swearing at you and like colonial yeah. speak like oh get off the mat yes <laughs> you're scuffing the lights yes but we go full, full circle to uh, recreate the <laughs> trestle board on the floor experience. You know who's going to do it? But first. it's in 3D. It's going to be Alex. <laughs> Alex Powers. Alex Powers is yeah, he's, he's already filming lodges for uh, 3D tours. <laughs> he could code it, too. That's the best Oh, part. yeah, yeah. He's got it. Well, he to that point, yeah, 
No, another person who's uh, who was super big into that, I know, especially during COVID, was uh, Sean Iyer. Uh, he took the recreation Alexandria Lodge Lodge Room that's in the GW Memorial, and he did the whole 3D mapping it out and making it an experience kind of thing. So, oh wow, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I think. Okay, as cool as it would be fun to be, like play with toys and all that, like it really could enhance the experience, right? Because we're all about improving Masonic experience, and you know it's the logical next step when you think about where we are from two-dimensional PowerPoint slides that everyone, every jurisdiction is okay with, right? They're just kind of letting it letting it slide. And what do you think, though? Like. Does a group will, will is there some sort of like administrative thing that could happen similar to like how Grand Lodge said, hey, no stereoptics? Um, there's nothing that's really, I guess, prevents the Masonic slides from you know being cast from a computer through an HDMI cable or through a digital yeah. um, uh, projector today. Uh, do you think that guys would be like, I guess, okay with this new thing? Or would they say something like, uh, well, we can't see what what's going on in there. <laughs> you know, since, since the candidate's the one with the... Well, to your point, why not? Why couldn't you uh, cast what he's looking at on the TV screen or on the projector too, you know? And... Um, yeah, I mean, I think as, as you were ex- as you were talking about stuff, RJ, all I thought of like was my kids with their mobile devices and just like ARing everything. You know, like they've got their Pokemon Go app open and everything is we're at Target and they're doing AR. And I'm like, will you put that down? I'm like, can we just buy our Frosted Flakes and get the hell out of here? <laughs> we gotta stop and see Charizard, you know, hanging on the shelf with you and making faces. <laughs> but that's like. For them, it's it's just part of everyday life, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and AR is slowly, you know, to to John's point earlier, you know, you've got full blown VR, but you've also got augmented reality, which is at a much lower price point than you know full blown buying the ten thousand dollar Apple thing or however much it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, that are easy entry points into this kind of stuff. So, yeah. So I mean, it's uh certainly certainly something to, something to consider and i think what what lets this powerpoint thing you know, remain is that it's it's ubiquitous now right that most people can can just plug it in and and fire it up right most guys it, no matter their age really can just start presenting something and so if as long as it becomes and that's with any new technology right in order for it to be uh, easy enough to pick up and use which Apple is always good at, right? They they always have uh, the user experience nailed down. Uh, then it, it could become so ubiquitous that it becomes not a the the friction to get to get it set up and get started could be reduced. Yeah, but I, just as you were saying that, and I, I think honestly, I think our opinions are kind of skewed because we're all technologists. Mm-hmm. you know in, in some regard you know and i think i just look at in general we look at freemasonry or or american freemasonry at least and we see that the adoption rate for the things that society does 
and what masonry does they're never at even keel you know what i mean we're like i said we're still using 1990s powerpoint slides so you know if you want to map us out we're probably a good 20 years behind everybody else when it comes to adoption rates and and you know we're only becoming comfortable with the 1997 powerpoint slides now you know yeah. uh, or certain lodges are you know so so which which one is slower to adapt technology to adopt technology the the government or freemasonry freemasonry <laughs> wow that's bad because at least the government's using things like biometrics can you imagine like that's true walking into a masonic lodging i put your thumbprint and your eye scan Ooh. down yeah all right you guys i found these pictures i'm gonna show you Ooh, of uh of these images that uh Spencer and I, we we finally put the damn thing together. Here you go. So that is the machine. What you're seeing is uh, the back wow. end is a fan. Uh, the light source. And then you have this giant telescopic device. And at the end is a focal piece that, uh, you know, allows it to be projected in focus. You've got a couple different knobs. This whole thing on top, these these bars, it's a cage. It's just a heat cage to keep you from touching the damn unit. And if you touch these things, you can probably, you could cook a steak. Like, it's hot. Um, <laughs> can you still, uh, let's see here. So this is the company who made it, Airflow Stereopton. Uh, for three and a quarter by four inch slides made in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and then we've got, uh, let's see here. Let me show you this. Here's Spencer and he's wow. projecting it on the wall. That's awesome. Now, are they upside down and reverse? Uh, no, they, they come out okay. So mm -hmm. this is what you'd see. This is in the daylight. Um, on our this is before we painted so don't judge but uh i mean it was it's just such a wild contraption uh you know you look at this thing and you go what in the heck you know this yeah, is a so, feeder so is is that what makes time travel possible is is that the flex capacitor yes, okay. yes it is <laughs> it, it, what do you know these are just machines that uh uh, I don't know. You you saw the really kind of neat uh, burlap material that was covering the case mm -hmm. that it actually sits in. The whole thing collapses in like, you know, it's like one of those old like bar kits that, you know, in the suitcase. Yeah. It just is super cool. How much does it weigh? You know, probably about 25 pounds. Um, I do remember when I plugged it in, when I unplugged it, the plastic piece that the prongs uh, stick out of came right off and the, the, the prong stayed in the socket. <laughs> so I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and when, boy, when we fired that thing up, uh, Spencer was like, that's ozone. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man. So you can smell it. Nice. All right. Well, on that note, let's... Uh, Let's keep, let's figure out the question of the day, the final question. 
And uh, that is, you know, what's after that? Like, what values or benefits will that bring to Freemasonry going forward? The future of visualizing digital tracing boards. And if you have any good guesses on what could come after that, like what's going to be ready by 2040? We'll start with Joe. Uh, so 2040, if we're still meeting in lodges, uh, by that time, if not, everything is like castle Island. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think we're probably just starting to be catching on to the technology we're talking about today at 16 years from now. So yeah, that works out well. So we'll start to pick up virtual reality, augmented reality will become part of the process, but I mean, nice. all, all kidding aside, I think. You know, I'm a big experiential type of Mason, right? Like the important part is to experience and not just hear the words or the music, unless you're in certain jurisdictions where there is no music. Um, you know, hear the words, smell the smells, you know, just have a full blown experience uh, as you're going through the process of initiation. And this can only help, right? If it's done tastefully. And I saw lots of comments like, hey, this wouldn't stand up in TO. It's, well, you know, you can chop the tea off that part of the conversation. Just talk about observant masonry, right? Because some things aren't really traditional. But if we're going to talk about enhancing the initiate experience, these things can only help. So again, if they're done well, if there's production value to them, and and we've mentioned people who have very very high production value, um, it can be done well, and it can be implemented and people will actually be receptive to it so you know i'm a big fan of, of enhancing the experience and you know if it's done better than a 1997 comic sans powerpoint then everybody's a winner if we do that so let's do it comic sans ariel <laughs> i i'm with joe i'm with joe i think uh overwhelmingly the uh, benefits outweigh any anything that that uh, anybody could say would be a negative um clan and kin crafted yeah dude you know we can there's actually technology already out there where we can project a brother's face and then uh, use ai to allow him to um speak and then you just uh record whatever you want him to say it's pretty rad stuff um so with with this though this adds a third layer for me i'm thinking about learning and this adds an additional layer of both experience which allows uh more things to stick you know when you talk about uh for instance you know line the things like from a line to superficies from a superficies to a solid and all of those mm -hmm. kinds of things just imagine the impact it would have if as you were saying that these things are being constructed in real time, three-dimensional in front of you. This absolutely uh, b makes a much more well-informed Mason. Um, why? Because he's experiencing it and it's almost like he's utilizing that skill in front of him right now, as opposed to having to realize what this could mean later on down the road after you've listened to the lecture two, three, four, five, a hundred times. Um, so that's really where I think the benefit is. Not only that, but just experientially, experientially, it's damn cool. It's awesome. It's fun. Um, it adds to the mystique. And, you know, I mean, I would be willing to bet there would be seasoned men who would say, 
oh, I want to go through that. I want to check that out. And to what Joe, what you were saying about, you know, observant lodges and the tradition and like keeping things chill or whatever. You do have to draw a line and say, you know, where do we want to draw that line in terms of technology? Uh, do you want power or just candles? Uh, do you want just candles? And oh, by the way, there's no Wi-Fi and no cell phones. Do you lock your cell phone? Even away? that was an innovation. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things, like where do you want to draw the line? As Joe had alluded to it, I think, you know, observant masonry in general has kind of given uh, given up this idea of traditional observant, right? Because if you want to talk about traditional observant, right? Uh you, you know your your normie super basic lodge filled with like HVAC guys, army, nope. and navy dudes. That's pretty darn traditional. That is the traditional American experience, uh, bar none. So, uh, you know that's just just not a thing, right? But observant, heck yeah, and you could be observant by using tools that I think uh, mm -hmm. allow you to uh, be an adopter. You know. Uh, John has always been somebody you know, that, that we've, you know, we've known each other over 10 years now. And John has always been kind of a, an adopter. Uh, he gets into things, freaks out about it, shares it, gets excited, uses it. <laughs> yeah. Want to buy some Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, hit it, John. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it, man. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think um, yeah, 100% what you guys said. Um, I think another word to add to the conversation is pedagogy right it's it's a way to improve your learning style your teaching style right because we're not talking about innovating on the ritual we're not talking about changing any part of masonry that's working well we're just saying that like we're going from the picture on the left all the way to the picture on the right where uh, everything is enhanced it becomes experiential and it's done in good taste, right? It's more not, we're not here to, you know, draw clowns or whatever else in the degrees. We want to keep, keep the decorum, keep the uh, solemnity of the degree, but give it uh, something to, to help, you know, the, the candidate improve their experience in masonry. And let, you know, RJ gave a good example. I was thinking one example that would help me is like, how many fellow crafts were there, right? <laughs> At the building of King Solomon's temple. I'm like, what like they throw out some numbers i'm never going to remember that like i'm just getting this fire hose of information like what if i what if i could see you know the landscape of of that i could see it being built i could see you know what's going on uh that would certainly leave a lasting impression and uh, give me that kickstart <clears throat> because another thing that rj alluded to is you know we we don't do the best job of helping a brand new master mason get started on their masonic education journey and we we usually default to well just go watch the degree a few more times and listen to the ritual a few more times and unless you have a great mentor that kind of <clears throat> breaks down words for you or explains things in simpler terms like it's going to take a long time to translate that in our modern brains and you know some guys will probably drop off because of that so anything we can do to help enhance that experience i'm all for it so yeah let's uh let's bring it on i think um one, one other thing that came to mind too is uh like we talked about second life many platforms uh 
you know, Meta is doing it. I'm sure, you know, the Apple Vision Pro will do this as well. And I think just this week that uh, Microsoft Teams announced a new feature where you can collaborate with like 3D avatars, right? They're, they're all trying to get to this you know, um, third place, this, this meeting space where you can still interact with 3D representations of your peers. And, you know, again, it's not there yet. But there's a lot of R&D, a lot of research and development invested in this concept of being together while being apart. And so I think, you know, you're, there's, there's something that drives us to the social connectivity that we need to have. And so um, we're going to be we're going to keep driving as as human beings to try to recreate that experience. And I think, again, uh, the tools that we have today and the tools that we'll have tomorrow will only enhance that experience. So with that. I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Wow.